So this is an interesting one for yeah, today. What's yeah, our, what's our topic today? Today's our, top, our topic is about group interviews mm. and how to stand out in a crowd, how to, what does it mean to succeed in a group interview? Yeah. And Greg has a lot of experience with this because when he was in business school at Wharton um, in UPenn, they did a lot of training uh, for like different positions, consulting jobs and tech jobs and all types of corporate jobs, even startup type jobs, yeah. anything you can imagine. So it's there was funny, a lot it's funny that you mentioned consulting that, and right? startups. Yeah. But traditionally, one of the biggest pathways for an MBA was actually banking, investment banking. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't even come up anymore because yeah. it's a sector that's losing, um, losing some of its sheen. Uh, it's just funny how the times change. Yeah, times change. And but yeah, yeah, I mean, continue to change. Continue to. So definitely, I have a lot of experience with it. Yeah. Uh, it's a very common interview format when you are interviewing for a client-facing role. Right. Because oftentimes, uh, with clients, right, you're in a group with a bunch of other people, and so they need to know how are you going to be facilitating the conversation and. Uh, sort of directing the group toward a certain type of consensus, right? Yeah. How do you interact with others? Yeah. And you can't really get that in a one-on-one -on -one. One -on -one interview. Yeah. Because a one-on-one -on -one interview is just you and the interviewer, and uh, you can't really tell how the candidate uh, operates in when, when there are more people in the room. Right. Um, so that's what's powerful about group interviews, right? Instead of it just a one-on-one, -on -one, it's a conversation with everyone. Mm-hmm. And there has to be some form of turn-taking. Yes. Right? There's a lot more uh, sort of social dynamics at play. How do you deal with, like, interruptions? Basically, how do you communicate? What are all the communication practices that you put into play, like active listening, interrupting properly or not, knowing when to refrain, when to jump in, the, the turn-taking rules, all of this that is really integral to good communication. So yeah. what are people looking for? What is the hiring manager, the recruiter looking for when they're they're calling together a group interview? So what's the purpose? Yeah, right? the purpose is uh, the number one purpose is to determine how are you, how well are you able to interact in teams yeah. and in client settings yep. where you have, you know, stakeholders, people that depend on you, people that you need to convince. Yep. Right? How do you interact in those settings? So this isn't so much, are you able to draw up spreadsheets and crunch numbers yeah. or design beautiful, you know, uh, copy and, and, and uh, you know, uh, logos, logos or and brochures, such. Whatever. It's not, it's not so much the hard skills here. It's much more of the soft skills. Yeah. How well are you able to influence other people? How well are you able to build rapport with them, yeah. right? And, and again, generate consensus. Right, right. Coming up with a solution or a compromise. How well are you able to take other people's viewpoints and perspectives into account? Right, right. Exactly. How do you deal with things like groupthink? Will you go against the crowd? Will you, totally. you know, stand with the crowd? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, the the kinds of skills that are applicable to group interviews yeah. pretty much encapsulate the entirety of our exploring it's business, so true. right? I mean, yeah. exploring is all about developing social skills. And we're not just talking yeah. about, you know, social skills when you're out with friends. 
we're talking about professional social That's skills right, because they're just as important, if not right. more important. Because if you think about a regular sort of nine to five, right, traditional jobs where we go in, we clock in, we clock out, we're in the corporate world for, or a startup world or wherever you work for a substantial amount of time. That amounts to several hours in a week, right? And you're doing more of that than you are, you know, interacting with in a more casual setting. If you really yes. crunch the numbers and look at it from that perspective, professional social skills, right? It's not something we hear often talked about, but they're just as important. They're critical. Right? I mean, you need, you need, these are the kinds of skills that get a, a deal yeah, made, yeah, right? Exactly. These are the kinds of skills that uh, cause yeah. a team to come together and, you know, deliver on the output right. that, that they're required to deliver yeah. on. These, these are the skills that we learn throughout our lives, but often not explicitly. Yes. Right? It's much, right. tends to be sort of, you watch what other people do and mm -hmm. you try and mimic them and you see what's effective. And the whole purpose of exploring is to sort of really focus and explicitly teach and discuss those skills. That's right. Things that we were never really taught. Right. Um, and that's so applicable to group interviews because all of that comes into play uh, when you're in a business setting, right? That's right. Most business isn't one person, right? Exactly. Uh, even even sole proprietors, right, yeah. who own their own business, and yeah. it's just the one person running the business, they mm -hmm. still have clients, right? They have to deliver um, and have conversations. And interact with as many people or as, or as few people as, you know, yeah. on any given occasion. Exactly. And right. so the point of group interviews, to, this is a very sort of circuitous way of answering it, is uh, to test all these soft skills that you have right. that don't come out in the one-on-one -on -one interview. Now, you don't see the group interview in all uh, interview flows, right? Right, right. It's, It tends to be reserved for, again, more uh, outward-facing or team-centric right. roles. Yep. Um, and it tends to be at larger companies yep. that have a high inflow of, of applicants, mm -hmm. right? Because to facilitate group interviews, you need a few people uh, in your pipeline to do right. them properly. Right. Um, it also just... It, it's it's a little more sophisticated of an evaluation process. And so smaller companies, less experienced companies that don't hire as often, right. don't necessarily have the HR firepower to effectively operate a, a group interview. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. But they are considered a more advanced style of interview. And uh, when you get to one, it's very important to know what it is that you you're need getting to do. into and what you yeah. need to do. Okay. So let's now talk about that. So we've covered the purpose of group interviews. And um, now let's head into like that second part, right? Yeah, what do you need to do? What do you need to do? Yeah, the number one thing- In, in, in the interview, let's talk first about that. Yeah, right? yeah, during yeah. the interview. Yeah. The, the number one thing in a group interview is to demonstrate that you're a team player, right? Uh, and this is very different from the one-on-one -on -one where your right. goal is to establish fit in the culture of the company. That's right. Build rapport Build, with the in, right. with with uh, the person you're interfacing with. And and establish your hard skills, right? You're, you're able to do X, Y, and Z. You've had training in this. You've had this much experience. All yeah. of that's really important in your overall candidacy. But in the group interview, a lot of that personal stuff isn't as relevant because, A, you don't really have a platform to talk about it. Yeah. And B, that's not what they're testing for, right? Instead, they want to see... Can you work in a team? Yeah. And so in order to do that, yeah. you really have to think carefully about how you're interacting with everyone else, right? You don't want it to be this 
competitive yes. me versus everyone. Right. It's much more so me and everyone yeah, else. Yeah, it's the collective. It's the we. Because also what they're looking for, let's say they're trying to build a team, right? So you're not necessarily competing for the same job. It's very possible. I mean, it, it is possible for multiple people to get selected to the next round or to be chosen to be part of the, the team or the company. So don't ever think of it as, oh, like, is it me or is it him or is it she or is it I or like, who's going to get the job? Yeah. Um, I have to one up them. No, absolutely not. Definitely don't try to one up people. Yeah, that will stand out. Exactly. It, it doesn't look good. So yeah, uh, one upmanship is very common <laughs> in business and no one likes it. Right. No. Uh, the person who is one upped feels uh, embarrassed and insulted. Yeah. The people watching that person being one upped uh, kind of cringe like, yeah, Oof. It's like oh, all right. Well. And the person doing the one upping is totally oblivious to what else is going on. Right. None of that's sort of conducive to good business. Right. Or good team building. Or good team building, right? Yeah. Good business is about developing cohesiveness mm -hmm. and consensus. Yeah. Right? And, and and that's the only way that you can get a group to work together is if they're all sort of on the same page. Yeah. And to do that, you want a collaborative mentality. And that's what's so powerful in group interviews. If you can shift from, okay, one, just one of us is going to get this role to, we could all get this role. Uh, we could all get similar roles. Yeah. Um, and you know, the more that we help each other out, the better we're all going to look. Right. right? Exactly. That's really the one. That's the mentality you want to sort of shift toward, because it's going to cause you to be much more collaborative in your interactions with people. That's right. So, what does collaborative language, collaborative communication look like? Well, it's a lot of you know showing support for ideas. So, saying that's a great idea. So, complimenting sincerely. Um, and when you disagree, doing that in the in the right way, you know, things like, well, that's a great point, but have we considered this option? Or might we consider, you know, this scenario? Or what about this? To try to reach a compromise, right? So even when there's contention and, uh, you know, conflict per se, there's always a, a moment where we can find compromise. Mm -hmm. And really, you know, like leaning in, showing active listening with your body, and very important, eye contact, yeah. right? So let's talk a little bit about that. So eye contact is something that you want to evenly do across everyone in the room, right? Have you ever, it would always, I would always cringe back in school when we would have a presentation and the person presenting, they would come up to the front of the classroom, right? Traditional presentation style. And they would be presenting to the teacher to the person who is yeah. evaluating them. And it's like, no, 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 no. First of all, you're making the teacher very uncomfortable. <laughs> someone for that long is just, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Secondly, you know, you're not, what about the other, you know, 30 people in the room? What about, you know, them? Are you not considering what they, you know, have to offer in terms of like active listening? Um, and so it's very important, right, to make sure that you're spending about, two to three seconds on each person, right? And not like racing about the room, right? With your eyes, um, but really being very deliberate about making eye contact because when you don't do it, it's noticeable. And if you do it in the wrong way, it's noticeable, right? Yeah, that's very important. Um, in a group interview context, the eye contact is one of the key ways to establish a collaborative environment, right? If you're only looking at one person in the group, um, that person might feel like you're confronting them. 
uh, or, or calling them out, right? It can feel combative or even aggressive. And, uh, or awkward even, just like even awkward. if you're like smiling at them and just locking eyes with them, it's just not the tone you want to reach. So by uh, sort of deliberately allocating your, yeah. your eye contact to different people throughout the room, yeah. you say, not only am I speaking to this person, I'm speaking to everyone. Uh, I'm speaking to you and you and you, right? I'm saying you are all part of this conversation yeah. and I care what you think. I care that you understand what I'm saying. And this even includes situations where someone says something and you're responding to them, right? We're used to responding directly to the person uh, to whom you spoke, right? Uh, but in, in, in a group interview context, that's not really the goal here. You're not trying to convince that one person yeah. of something. You're trying to convince the whole group of something that's right. or make them aware of something. And so you wanna keep that in mind. Every single person in the room is as important as the other people. And so uh, by distributing your eye contact evenly, you establish that sense of inclusiveness, Yeah. right? Which is, which is, which is again, what we're going for here. The more inclusive you are, not only, not only will it uh, reflect well on you, it makes you look like a considerate and, and, and effective team player. It also gets the rest of the room, the people in the room, liking you more, That's right? right? When you make someone feel included, they're more likely to agree with what you're saying. They're more likely to accept what you're saying. Absolutely. And have a higher opinion of you, right? So it, it, it's sort of a, a massive win-win. And you contrast that we were talking about before with the one-upmanship, right? right? When you one-up someone, it turns that person against you and it turns sort of the room against you too. Yeah. They start to perceive you as a bit of a jerk uh, or egomaniac. A know-it-all. A know-it-all. Yeah, just... And, and then you start to lose your ability to influence the group. And as soon as you lose that ability to yeah. influence the group, you don't look like a good team player. That's right. And it's not gonna reflect well with the hiring manager. Right, and the reality is, is that we work in teams, right? Even if you're a CEO or very high up on the ladder, uh, corporate speaking, you're still working with teams. You're still interacting with people. So more and more, I think we're gonna see, yes, I know it's very industry specific and type of company specific, but I think more and more we'll be seeing these group uh, interviews as well. So it's not something that you should balk at in terms of, oh, I don't think I'll ever need that. It's definitely something to prep for, right? Um, and the other thing is when you're in a group setting to also show this inclusive collaborative behavior, we really wanna pay attention to who hasn't spoken yet, mm. right? And if you notice somebody hasn't spoken, but you want, they, they're clearly trying to, you know, make motions to, to do that, or maybe they're shy, or maybe they haven't had a chance to speak. Uh, maybe there's someone who hogs the floor, whatever the case. If you notice that, then in a very nice, gentle, uh, communicative and collaborative way, you say, Jane, do you have anything to add? Or Matt, do you want to elaborate on that? Right. Or were you going to say something? Yeah, because people yeah. always like that. Not, again, being careful about not singling them out. Uh, similar to the eye contact situation, but really focusing on, you know, who has spoken the most, who has spoken the least, and try to get everyone yeah. to to participate, right? Effectively, that's what we're looking for as well. Totally. And uh, when you do things like that, when you bring other people into the conversation, they're very grateful. Yeah. The hiring manager also notices that because when you think about, uh, you know, in a, in a, a team setting, yeah. right, the best teams have uh, the ability to sort of hear everyone's opinion, right? The, the team is only as strong and intelligent 
as the number of participants in that team. Yeah. And so if you have a team where only two or three people are speaking, the team is only three people smart, right? right. But if you have a team with if it's a team of ten and you get everyone's opinion, you get a lot more context. Right. Uh, that doesn't mean you have to, and this is actually an important topic. That doesn't mean when you come to a decision, it needs to include all ten people's opinions. Right. Right. right? You don't want a Frankenstein uh, sort of <laughs> situation. Uh, yeah. Outcome. Yeah. Where it's just this, uh, uh, what do you call it? Pastiche of various ideas. Patchwork. Patchwork. Yeah. Right. Or. Um, What's the, uh, uh, what are they, the riddles called? The mosaics. You don't want like yeah, a mosaic, mosaic answer, right? Right. Um, where it's a bunch of different ones. What you are looking for is the best answer. And by getting more ideas in, in the mix, yeah. people can kick those around and yeah. ha- make, come to a, a more informed conclusion as to what they're doing. Right. Um, and so that's important in a group interview setting too. When you get to um, the point where, and we didn't really talk about this, but the, the group interviews are typically structured around some kind of prompt. Yeah. Right? And so with this prompt, uh, the idea is you guys will debate it and then come to some kind of resolution about it. Yeah. It can be a negotiation uh, where there's one team versus the other. Yeah. Uh, it could just be a, a difficult business scenario, right. like a company's losing money. What action should they take? Mm-hmm. Or it could be, um, you know, the the brand uh, just had some bad PR. Mm-hmm. How can we remediate this, right? Right, right. Remedy this situation. So there's some kind of prompt, and then the, the, basically the group has to discuss it and come up with some kind of solution. Right. Um, when you're doing that, again, you don't have to include everyone's suggestions in the solution. Mm-hmm. But by including everyone in terms of discussing what possible solutions there could be, when you finally come to a decision on what it is, everyone feels at least like they had their say. Right. Um, and that's just a much better outcome. It looks better uh, for the hiring manager. That's right. So now let's talk about the hiring manager or the recruiter, who the HR manager, whoever's in the room sort of like orchestrating this whole thing. What is their role in the group interview? Yeah, I mean, basically what they're doing, generally speaking, they're not going to be in the conversation. They're sort of a fly on the wall yeah. is, is the objective. And they're just circulating watching. the room. They may, be, they may be walking around. They could just be in one spot. Um, but the objective for them is really just to figure out uh, how people are interacting yeah, with each other. Yeah, and looking right? at the dynamics. Watching the dynamics. Yeah. And uh, when you do something like include someone or support someone. Brownie points. Brownie points. <laughs> you're getting checks. That's right. If you uh, put someone down if you interrupt them in an aggressive way. Make fun of them or even sarcastically. Them, right. right? There's not really a place for sarcasm in something like this. No, you want very yeah. clean, clear, uh, frank conversation. Transparent, Transparent. communication. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. clearer and more uh, candid you can be, yeah. uh, the more people are going to like you and the more they're going to understand you. Yeah, exactly. And again, a lot of this keeps coming back to your ability to influence the group. And you don't have to influence them in terms of coming, uh, sort of deciding or using your solution, right? right? It doesn't matter if they use your solution or someone else's solution. Right. But if you can prove that you can facilitate the consensus toward any specific solution, that shows that you're able to exert influence over a group. And that's what they're really looking for. At the end of the day, they're looking at, okay, which of these people in this group can can facilitate consensus? And it can be multiple people, Right. right? But that's what they're evaluating. They're just essentially saying, how is this person interacting in the group? Are they being polite? But more importantly, are they driving consensus? Are they moving the conversation toward a solution? That's right. And on that topic, right, sometimes in conversation, uh, 
things get out of, you get off track, right? So you want to make sure that if you're taking, if you're assuming the role of a guide in this kind of scenario, which is what we recommend, um, that you really consider, you know, making sure that everyone's still on track. So if you notice maybe a sidebar conversation is happening or, you know, the conversation is now derailing and just taking us somewhere else, which is fun in different scenarios, right? It's fun to see where conversation takes you, but not in a scenario like this where, you know, you're under a certain time frame, you're there for very specific purpose. Yep. And uh, every a lot of people are involved in this process. So you want to make sure that you're not getting off track. Yeah, that's very important. We talked about earlier, you know, this isn't a time, this isn't a platform for you to wax poetic about your accomplishments, you know, accomplishments, your, your recent hike to Mount Everest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Your <laughs> recent summit of, of, of a glacier <laughs> or, uh, you know, your ability to, to uh, code in C++, right? That's, that's not what this is for. This is about um, discussing the problem, coming to solution. Because they know that already, right? The hiring manager, if you send them that's your true. resume, they yeah. know that. Yeah. You've probably already had a one-on-one -on -one with someone at some point. Yes, right. They, they have information elsewhere. I, I will say there's one there's one uh, yeah. instance where you can talk a little bit about your experience. If you are speaking to the group and you have an opinion mm. uh, that that you want to back up with some proof, mm, that's then a good it's, one. it's okay to say, look, I have a lot of experience, uh, you know, working in car manufacturing. Yeah. And what I can tell you is that, you know, the assembly line process uh, should the assembly line process sh should include you know these kinds of safety checks right right if you if you draw from it in that way where it's just all you're doing is saying I'm speaking why I'm credible why, I'm, why my opinion here it has credibility yes. right exactly yeah that's okay to do that yeah but you don't want to go too much into that that the point really is to just sort of um, work with the group yeah um, and so anyways that's that's uh, an effective way to help drive consensus in, right. in a collaborative way. Right. Yeah. So it's a lot of, you know, these little things that we might not think about, but are very important in what you're being, you know, evaluated on in that type of interview, the group interview. Now let's talk about how it changes from online to offline, because online interviews are a dime a dozen, and they have been for some time now, and now we even see that more so. Um, but... What about with group interviews, right? We talk about like Zoom fatigue and, you know, these big buzzwords that we hear floating around the internet. But with a group interview, be it Zoom, be it whatever platform you're using, you're all there, right? So how does that now, how do we shift from the in real life group interview to an online group interview? Yeah, I, it's, it's a great question. And I think it's becoming probably much more frequent. Yes. Right. Previously, a group interview is almost definitely in person. When when I was doing my uh, right. business school interviews, you literally had to fly to the location. I was in Beijing at the time, and I had to fly to Shanghai and, and do my group interview in Shanghai. Um, in in today's world, uh, yeah, I think you're more likely to have yeah. them online. And so there are some important differences that right. you need to be aware of. Right. Uh, the first is if you don't have much experience talking to teams and talking with teams and working with teams in collaborative conferencing software, that's something you definitely want to start practicing, yeah. right? Even if it's just with friends, yes. um, start using some of these tools, right? Most uh, video conferencing software now has 
uh, the ability to bring in five, 10 people on a right. free basis. Right, exactly. Um, and so start using those. And, and some of them, the free ones might be limited to like 30 minutes or yeah, something. Yeah, but that's okay. But yeah, get a bunch of people online and practice directing your conversation, right? One of the, uh, around the room, um, the virtual room, as it were. <laughs> yeah. One of the ways you can do that is to use people's names, right? right? It's handy. Oftentimes you'll have people's names on the plates. And so, uh, you know, when you, when you talk to someone, address them with their name, take advantage of the fact that their name's right there. You don't have to memorize it. It's exactly. right there. Um, and say, you know, Tom, this is, uh, this is something that I, I know you, you feel strongly about. Um, but Jane, on the other hand, uh, thought that it should be done the other way, right? So by mentioning multiple people and using their names, yeah. you start to, uh, you, you can effectively build that, that um, collaborative atmosphere. Yeah, and you, you're building rapport with that person and you're showing the others that you're, you're taking care to, you know, treat everyone as a, as a, as a colleague. Exactly, even. yeah, and, and equally. Because the reason we want to do something more deliberate here is we can't use eye contact the same way, right? Yeah. You, it's, you can't really scan the room with your eyes when you're just looking into one camera lens. And so you need to be more explicit about, you know, singling out people and saying, you or you or you know, this person, right, right. right? To show that you're, you're, you're actually directing conversation to everyone in the room. Um, and that way you still establish that, that uh, inclusiveness without, uh, you know, having to worry about the eye contact component. Exactly. And on the eye contact, eye contact component, with the the camera, right, in mm -hmm. your laptop or your computer or your external webcam or whatever, when you're looking in the camera, you're making eye contact, right? But you want to, when you're in a face-to-face -face communication setting, when we're making eye contact, we're also able to read their faces. We're able to look at their micro expressions. But obviously, the logistics don't work out the same way with an online setup. Right, so for that, you really want to divide your time between properly allocating eye contact as well as reading their faces. Yeah. Because there's a lot in the face and in the nonverbals, right, that we can glean as to whether they're on, you know, par with, uh, on the same page as you, whether Absolutely. something's confusing, if they have a quizzical look, if they have a, you know, a look of understanding. Um, and being able to gauge that is very, very, very important. Because that's how we we use that as a springboard for what comes next. Absolutely, yeah. and and that is an advantage actually with with the Zoom setup or, yeah. or whatever web conferencing software yeah. you're using, because you can see people's faces uh, in a more sort of compact way. Gallery view. Gallery view, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So really paying attention to to how people are responding to what yeah. you're saying can go a long way toward determining are they aligned with you, are they confused, right? Are they supporting you? So yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good point. Yeah. So just you know, being aware of, um, you know, we always like to whenever we're talking about you know going in to perform somewhere, be it public speaking or an interview or a meeting, um, anywhere where you really need to bring your A game, you want to recon ahead of time as much as you can, as best as possible, right? Um, and so I love the idea of having a meeting with friends and you don't even have to tell them, look, I'm practicing for my group interview on Monday, but just, you know, have a casual conversation, mm -hmm. meet up, right? That's also very uh, common these days. We love getting on those, you know, Zoom calls and the video chat calls and yeah. all of that. So it's not going to be strange. Um, and then really try to hone in on a few things that you want to practice yourself, be it calling someone out like, 
kindly and bringing them into the you know, conversation. That's what I mean by calling them out, using their name, making eye contact, practicing active listening. I mean, there's so many things that you can yeah. can work on, right, to make this um, as successful as possible. Yeah, anything that, any skill that you feel like you would call on to be an effective team player is a skill that's going to help you in these group interviews. Yeah. And so that's, you know, the more team settings that you can find yourself in and start to deliberately address some of the skills we've discussed will go a long way. Yeah. Um, we actually have a, a web course out on group interviews, yeah. and we really encourage you to check that out. That'll be in the, the show notes here um, because we go into what we've been discussing today in a lot more depth. Yeah. And uh, by, by mastering those skills, not only are you going to get much better at group interviews, you're also going to be more effective on teams in general. Yeah. So even if you don't have a group interview coming up, uh, the course can still be very useful. These skills really apply very broadly to any collaborative context. Right. So if you're working on a team, this is, you know, something that you might consider uh, working on. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll link it below. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we could keep talking about this, but yeah. we're running up on the time limit here. Let us know what you think. If, yeah. you're, if you're joining us live, if there's anything you want to throw in um, on that side sidebar, feel free to do so now. Um, before we pop off. And otherwise, you can always leave a comment and we'll get to it. So this is something that, you know, I think we can all benefit from because we all end up working on teams at some point. Even in the case where you run your own business, you have virtual assistants scattered across the, the world, you still have a team, be it virtual or oh, yeah, not, right? Absolutely. You're still working on a team. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I think everyone can benefit from. Yeah, huge, huge dividends. And if you do end up taking the course and there's something that's not there that you'd like to see there, let us know because yeah. those are living documents as well and we can continually update them. Update them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully this was helpful. Yes. Thank you for being and here. We appreciate you. And we'll come at you with another lesson in live stream next week. So yeah, stay you tuned. Can count on it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Happy exploring. Happy exploring.